Hello, this is Ed Markey speaking. Welcome to the Ed Markey Podcast. Okay, so... Let me know. Welcome to uh, Congressman Ro Khanna, uh, who is an incredible progressive leader for our country. Uh, and um, we're here celebrating the fifth anniversary of the introduction of the Green New Deal. Well, I'm, I'm excited to be here. And I mean, I love the Green New Deal studio almost. And your vision in introducing that five years ago made a huge difference because the best parts of the Inflation Reduction Act, the largest climate investment, the Green New Deal set the framework for that in terms of massive investment in solar and wind, and you got the Civilian Climate Corps. Uh, you should feel that we made incredible progress. So talk a little bit about the Civilian Climate Corps, which the Biden administration calls the American Climate Corps, and right. it's 20,000 young people. 20,000 young people to go into their communities and do something tangible. I mean, it's building green spaces in communities that are making it easier for people to go outside and enjoy the outdoors and reducing carbon emissions, planting trees, helping have clean air, clean water. This isn't some abstract thing. These are young people making their communities better because of, because of you, what you had in the Green New Deal. I mean, it's amazing. It was, I mean, this was, FDR did this with the Civilian Corps, which was one of the most successful things he did in the New Deal. Now President Biden is doing uh, our modern version of it. And just to give some comparison, the Peace Corps has 8,000 people in it. I didn't year. realize that, yeah. This, the this American Climate Corps will have 20,000 young right. people going across our country doing climate-related projects. Uh, and, uh, and it's already unleashed over yes. 50,000 applications That's uh, to join yeah. the American Climate Corps. And they'll be paid, they'll get health care benefits, uh, but it's also generational what they want to do with their lives. They Absolutely. want to fight the climate crisis. And it's our, it's our, these are also our ambassadors to the world, right? I thought there were far more than 8,000 Peace Corps uh, Americans because every time you go overseas, people say, oh, we love what the Peace Corps represents and what Kennedy created in terms of America's obligations and commitment to the world. And these 20,000 young people are going to renew people's faith that America cares about tackling climate. Exactly. And just about a year ago, uh, you and I introduced the Green New Deal for healthcare. Yes. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, so many parts of our country, unfortunately, are facing extraordinary extreme weather events. I mean, we saw it in Hawaii. We've seen it uh, in the Midwest. We saw it with the flooding in Vermont and in New Hampshire. And the healthcare system is totally inadequate for a lot of people who are facing disasters to get help. So one of the first things that the Green New Deal of Health says is every county Every community in America needs to have proper health care and hospitals for emergency care in extreme weather events. And then the second thing, which this was your vision, Ed, is you said, look how much carbon emission we're getting from all of the health care production and hospitals in this country. Uh, why don't we make sure that those are decarbonized and have a green supply chain for medical equipment? green buildings for new hospitals, uh, to set the standard for decarbonization of this important sector. And what you're saying, Ro, is accurate, that 8% of all uh, greenhouse gases come out of our healthcare system. 8%. And meaning it's not just uh, 
um, a healthcare system. It's a sick care system. It's right. actually making our country sicker. It's yeah. uh, it's it's in, it's environmental injustice uh, as it is contributing to pro the problem that young people especially want to uh, have have cured. So we're we're in a uh, in an era where in I'd love you to talk about this about young people and what their expectations for our country are yeah. at this time. I think young people have such moral conviction, uh, and they have at the top of their agenda that we need to be bold about tackling climate, not incremental, that they understand that this is an urgent crisis, and they understand also that it's disproportionately affecting uh, certain communities, poorer communities, communities of color, and they want us to act with boldness. Uh, they were pleased with the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, but they also don't want us building new fossil fuel uh, infrastructure. They uh, and they want us to start to decarbonize important areas. And this new Green New Deal of Health is one of those areas. And by the way, it also brings back manufacturing to the United States. I mean, the generic drugs. This is something that's so concerning. When we learned during COVID, I mean, so much of that is made in China. Uh, we aren't even making it here. And I wish we made it here because it'd bring down the cost of uh, prescription drugs if we had more generic drug manufacturing. So as we're greening the healthcare supply chain, we can also start to reduce the costs of the healthcare system and make more stuff here in this country. Yeah. So, so that's going to be our challenge. It's to ensure that the resources are there for the healthcare system, community uh, health centers, uh, for the training of minority doctors and nurses so that right. they're actually in the community, uh, but to also make sure the facilities uh, are sustainable, that they, that they uh, are moving to wind, to solar, to uh, the highest possible energy efficiency technology. So that's a big part of what our goal is as we're moving forward. And, and we just saw last week an 81-degree day in Washington, D.C. Right. <laughs> uh, in January. Right. So can you talk a little bit about that, how the planet is dangerously warming? Well, we saw it in the summer, right? It was the hottest recorded summer uh, in modern times. We know that we're rapidly approaching already the 1.5-degree mark, which if we go past 1.5 degrees from the industrial age, uh, that means that there's going to be huge inclement climate events. And that means also a lot of climate refugees. And young people get this. I mean, this is not even a debate. They understand what's going on, and they want uh, bold action. They want bigger investment in public transportation. They want to stop the construction of things like the Willow Project. Uh, they had a big win in getting the administration to delay the uh, LNG terminals and say, look, we shouldn't be exporting natural gas. And, it, it, you know, th they approach the politics from a moral frame, from a justice frame. Uh, and I think that's what you uh, captured when you did the Green New Deal. I mean, when, pe when you did it, people people were saying, oh, is Ed Markey going to end his political career? What is he doing taking this kind of bold thing? And you got ridiculed from Fox. And it, But you had the guts. You had the guts to do it. And you spoke to the aspiration. If you hadn't done it, we would never, never have gotten the IRA at the amount we did. And, and by the way, what you're saying is just so accurate. Um, I talked to the head of the Green Party in Germany. And what she said to me was, yeah, our natural gas industry in Germany is trying to partner with yours to have more LNG coming into Germany, and simultaneously they're trying to s slow down 
the wind and solar and energy efficiency exactly. revolution in Germany. Right. So they want to get us addicted, uh, she said to me, in Germany for another generation to natural gas, to fossil fuels, the same way we were to Russia's natural gas. So the technology is there. Oil um, is going to be something we look at in a rearview mirror as we move to the all-electric vehicle revolution. Um, but we just have to continue to fight, and that's what this young generation uh, is doing. And you know what I never understand is why people are opposed to new technology that's going to be cleaner, cheaper, and better. You know, you would never say if you were for uh, the, you know, in a horse buggy that we don't want the car, or, or if you had a wristwatch that we don't want a smartphone. And I don't understand the reflexive opposition to this uh, technology. I mean, we know that solar and wind and geothermal are cheaper than natural gas. We know this in the Northeast, right? Massachusetts, which has a lot more renewable energy, has lower tax, uh, lower utility rates than New Hampshire, where Sununu doesn't allow solar and wind, and they have to get the natural gas shipped in, and their ratepayers are, are suffering. So it, it, it makes no economic sense. I mean, they, they kind of uh, misrepresent the Green New Deal as somehow not being economical. Actually, this is good economics if you believe in innovation and cheaper energy, and if you don't want us to be dependent on the petro states, uh, on Russia, on Saudi Arabia, on, uh, on the Middle East, then what better way than to have renewable energy developed? And big story this past week, the devastation of the lobster industry this winter yeah. um, in Massachusetts, in New Hampshire, in Maine. And so much of it just comes from climate change, the warming waters, uh, the more intense storms, and then ultimately the economic impact upon the lobster industry and right. all of those workers. So you can see it as a practical impact on people's livelihoods uh, and on their identity as um, as states in the union. And it's all going to change because of climate change. So now, now we're going to play a game, Ro, uh, that I'd like to call Big Oil or Movie Villain. Uh, i got to test my movie knowledge. Movie villain. So I'd like to read you a quote. And you tell me whether you think the person who said it was a big oil executive or a movie villain. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, good. So, quote, We have assembled and are now deploying world-class facilities, resources, and expertise, and can call on more if they are needed. <laughs> so, what do you I, think? Big oil executive? I'm going to go with movie villain. Movie villain. Well... No, the correct answer was <laughs> the BP oil executive wow. as they had to clean up 134 million gallons of oil released into the Gulf of Mexico. Unbelievable. So they just uh, had unlimited resources they had to bring in in order to solve the problem. So are you ready for the next one? All for one. Let's, let's try to do better here. All right. Quote, don't be too proud of the technological terror. You have constructed the ability to destroy a planet is insignificant. All right, I'm going to guess uh, a movie villain again. Movie villain, correct? Correct all answer. Right. Darth Vader. Darth Vader. All yeah. right, Star but, Wars. But Big it. Oil doesn't seem to think destroying a planet is a very big deal. Either. No, they maybe they need to watch more of those Darth Vader. I mean, the Sky uh, Star Wars movies. So we'll take one final Big Oil. Yeah, movie or movie villain. There are no easy answers. Now that, I think, is big oil, because they testified in front of my committee with that 
exact attitude? Well, the correct answer is Garen Woods, the CEO of ExxonMobil at your big oil <laughs> hearing in 2021. Uh, and, of course, we all know big oil just wants to think that it's hard when the answer is easy, and that is the Green New Deal. You know what was so dis- disappointed about that whole hearing is you, Darren Woods was not willing to say that the Exxon CEOs before him, who blatantly denied climate change, were wrong. It would be like a modern president defending Andrew Johnson, that, that you just couldn't criticize any predecessor. I mean, it was mind-boggling to me, that hearing. Yeah, the, the oil executives have had the highest prevarication coefficient <laughs> of any witnesses before uh, the United States Congress for a generation. The problem That's is... That's a Markeyism. That, You're just coined a Markeyism there, huh? It's they're <laughs> lying about yeah. the fate of the planet. They're, they're really lying are. about the safety and, of future generations. And the young folks, the climate defiance, have you seen those folks? They're, they're out there, they're disruptive, passive, nonviolent, resistance. They're, they're changing the culture. These Sunrise kids... And by the way, there were leaked memos in these oil companies talking about how they wish bed bugs on these young people in when they're staying and protesting. But... The young people are going to win. And I, I just want to say this, Ed, because what you did, if all I've been in Congress now, this is my eighth year, what you did more than anything captured the imagination of young people. And it has given people hope. I mean, that this is not a bunch of senators and Congress people who are going to bring the change. It's them. They, they're organizing around this Green New Deal around the country. It's the, the generation believes something's possible. They achieved the IRA, and big things are going to come, and you did that. I mean, I think you've done a lot, but this, I think, will be one of your proudest legacies. Well, the way I view it, and thank you for your great generational leadership, Rokana. You are one of the single most important voices in our country, and your generation is being led by you and others, and it's just so important. The Green New Deal, it, uh, it created a movement that created the momentum, that then created the moment last year, when Joe Biden signed the IRA, the largest climate bill in history, but we know that we have to make it the second largest climate bill in history. <laughs> Absolutely. There's so much more work to be done. Thank you, Ro. Thank, Thank you, you for being Thank such you a very great much. Leader. Appreciate it. <laughs>